Welcome, welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and I can't believe this is actually happening. I am so excited to introduce you to a brand new series here on the podcast. So it's called What to Do Instead. And what I've done is invite some of my favorite people in the online coaching space to offer up actionable alternatives to the harmful, outdated, or just plain silly practices perpetuated here in the online space. So what to do instead has been on my I gotta do this list for much longer than I care to admit. And I'm just so excited and grateful that it's here and it's happening. So over the next few days, we're going to drop eight bonus what to do instead episodes right here on this show's feed. Each episode is designed to fill a gaping hole in our industry, that gap where on one side we've got so many voices that love to call out harmful practices. This is needed, right? We've all been on the receiving end of these bullshit practices and they need to stop, but there aren't enough people offering up tangible actionable alternatives. And that is what each guest on this series is committed to delivering. So in a moment, I'll introduce you to our first three guests of the series, Sophia Para, Carrie Perry, and Tanya Bhattacharya. They're each going to share some incredible feel-good social media strategies with you. But first, I want you to take one super simple and very important action. Please visit dallastravers.com slash WTDI. That's dallastravers.com slash WTDI, what to do instead, to download a special companion digital magazine where you're not only going to enjoy more than 25 special articles inspired by each guest on this series, but every one of those guests has a special free gift just for you. So you can access all of these freebies inside the What to Do Instead digital magazine, which is totally free to download. So please go grab it now at dallastravers.com forward slash W-T-D-I. This is really important because I have pledged to donate $1 for every new email subscriber who downloads the What to Do Instead digital magazine before December 31st of this year. And I'm going to donate that money to an incredible reproductive justice organization called the AFIA Center. So this is the only reproductive justice organization in North Texas that was founded and is directed by Black women. The AFIA Center do this important work of providing refuge, education, and resources to ignite the communal voices of Black women and achieve reproductive freedom for them. So please show your support by downloading the What to Do Instead magazine now at dallastravers.com WTDI. Again, every new email subscriber who downloads the magazine means a dollar goes directly to the AFIA Center. Okay, now I promise I'm getting to it here. A quick introduction for you for today's guests. We're talking social media. Up first, you're going to hear from one of my coaches. Her name is Carrie Perry. Carrie's going to teach you how to build a social brand, which is the secret sauce behind her social media success, 
plus the success of countless students, myself included, inside her Social From Scratch program. From there, Tanya will share a super simple and highly effective strategy to create strong connections that lead to more clients thanks to LinkedIn polls. I love this strategy so much because not only does it generate leads, but it also provides this excellent way to essentially crowdsource your social media content so you're getting a total twofer there. It's really, really smart. And then last but not least is my friend, Sophia Para. Sophia will bust a big myth about your follower count. Plus, she's going to offer up 10 easy things that you can do to get the most mileage from your social media strategy. The cool thing about Sophia's approach is that it just erases any fear or judgment that you might have about your small follower count. Okay, my friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. I am thrilled to roll out this special series and excited for you to grab the Companion Digital Magazine. Do that now at dallastravers.com slash WTDI. And with that, let's enjoy some good social media strategy. My name is Carrie Perry, and I'm a social brand coach that flipped the script on my 15 years of marketing experience into multiple six-figure businesses, all by harnessing the power of social media. Now I teach entrepreneurs how to ditch the tips and tricks that seem to only work for the chosen few and build intentionally authentic and profitable social brands so you can work less and live more. One outdated practice coaches need to ditch right away is marketing on social media like it's their own personal billboard. Let me share why we all need to let this practice go. Social media has changed. Once upon a time, hard sell tactics and cold outbound promotions worked wonders. No connection, no relationship, just sales. And it worked. People made millions. But after years of being inundated with marketing messages, people on social media have become jaded, desensitized, triggered, and just plain sick and tired of businesses and brands selling to them online. People are now going to great lengths to avoid marketing messages altogether, choosing only to follow, interact, and buy from people and brands they have a personal connection with. 90% of purchase decisions are subconscious and emotionally connected. People today want to feel a connection to the brands they buy from. They want to feel seen and heard. They want to feel understood and cared for. This shift has resulted in the rise of social selling. Social selling is a form of attraction marketing that prioritizes creating personal connections with your audience. Although it has been around for over a decade, it has recently started to take fire on social media. Through intentional relationship-driven content versus sales-driven content, in other words, connect before you sell. When successfully implemented, this strategy results in more engagement, more leads, more loyal clients. Now that all sounds great, but what does it have to do with social media? Social media at its core is a relationship-building platform. It provides us with a way to stay in touch with friends and family, but more importantly, for small business owners, connecting with thousands of people we would have never met within our ideal audience. And although users are engaging with businesses and brands, people ultimately want to communicate and connect with other real people, with real lives and real stories. The secret to building a profitable business on social media is creating emotional connections. When you create a truly social brand, you prioritize the emotional experience and personal relationship over the sale. And as a result, your audience feels more connected to you, which leads them to becoming potential clients dying to work with you. Before I take you through the steps, 
let me introduce what you can do instead. Prioritize creating personal and meaningful connections with your audience by building a truly social brand. Now I'll take you through each step of creating a truly social brand. The most important thing that you can work on in your coaching business is your brand strategy. Your brand strategy is the unique positioning that you have in the hearts and minds of your ideal audience. And the goal of your brand strategy online is to attract your ideal audience. And your ultimate success online is determined by how successful you are at building this strategy. Now, the first step in building your social brand strategy is to put you at the center of your brand experience, to infuse your brand with your personality, your voice, and your life. Now, before you start saying, but Carrie, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about my brand. Or Carrie, I'm a very private person. I don't want people all up in my business like that. Before you go there with me, there is something that I need you to understand. And I'm going to say this as nicely as I possibly can. As a small business that no one knows, you do not have the luxury of leaning onto your brand. You do not have the market share that a large brand does. You do not have the brand recognition that a large brand does. You cannot lean on your brand. What you do have is you. You are the distinct part of your brand. You are what makes your brand unique, memorable, and stand out. You are everything behind your brand everything that is going to make someone want to support you. As a small business, you are your most powerful tool. It's who you are. In order to make people know your brand, to recognize it, remember it, seek it out, you have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself first. You have to let them know who you are as a real person with a real life, someone that they will want to support. You don't want to be out here trying to convince your people to support. You want them to want to support you. And the only way they're going to want to support you is if they know you, the real you. So in order to do this, you must humanize your brand. Put your face as your profile picture. Show your name in your bio. Use your voice in your content. Share your life and your stories. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to talk about everything in your life. You don't have to be vulnerable or create a reality show about your life. What you need to do is pick and choose the elements of your life you are willing to share. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to pick three things about yourself and your personal life that you are willing to share online. And I want you to share these three things consistently over and over again. You don't need to share everything. You just need to share some things consistently so that your audience comes to know you in a real and personal way. Step two in building your social brand strategy is to focus on community over the collection of followers. Your audience is seeking a sense of belonging. They want to feel like they are part of something bigger than just you or them. They want to follow along on your journey. They want to be a part of it. A community is something your audience feels part of, so much more than being a disengaged follower. Community is about shared interests and meaningful connections. But first, you need to determine who exactly should be in your community. You need to know exactly who you are talking to. Now, I'm not saying that you need to know exactly how old they are or what they look like or how much money they make. I'm saying you need to know who they are as a person. How can you relate to them? How can you make sure that the content you put out resonates with them? You need to identify what is important to them. How do they want to feel? When you create content around what your audience wants to feel, you are creating a space where your audience will have a collective feeling. 
where they will come to you to feel a particular way. And that collective feeling is what creates community. This idea of focusing on what your audience wants to feel is called emotional marketing. Emotional marketing helps people decide with their hearts. Think back to your last major purchase. Of course, you compare prices and spent time researching each product, but when it came down to making the decision, you relied on your heart. You relied on the emotion that that product would make you feel or the emotion you wanted to feel as a result of owning that product. Studies show that people rely on emotions rather than information to make decisions. Emotional responses to marketing actually influence a person's intent and decision to buy. Emotional marketing helps people decide with their hearts, which actually has more influence on buying than with their minds. So ask yourself, how does your audience want to feel? Is it empowered, safe, beautiful, capable, independent, strong, confident, connected? You may educate your audience, but what you really do is make them feel inspired, knowledgeable, and empowered to take action. Once you have identified this feeling, every piece of content you create should have a singular goal of instilling that feeling in your audience. That is how you attract the right audience. That is how you build a community. That is how you get clients. Now, the final step in building your social brand strategy is to focus on showing love first. Have you ever felt obligated to do something for someone because they first did something for you? In social psychology, reciprocity is responding to a positive action with another positive action. As a child, we learn to take turns with our toys. As an adult, we learn to return kind favors. Reciprocity plays an important role in development and continuation of relationships, having a powerful influence on our behavior, which is exactly why reciprocity is commonly used in marketing to convince your audience to do something. I'll give you this free guide if you sign up for my newsletter. I'll give you this free trial, a complimentary call, and hopes you'll buy. I'll give you a shout out if you leave a review or testimonial. And social media is no different. There are two types of engagement, reactive engagement and proactive engagement. Reactive engagement is what most people spend their time on. That's responding to comments and DMs that people leave for you. But proactive engagement is so much more powerful. That's you actually going out and going to your followers' pages, commenting on their posts, viewing their videos, reacting to their stories, successfully tapping into their reciprocity psychology. When you put your followers first, they in turn want to do the same for you. It's baked into their human psychology to return love. So if you want more engagement, if you want meaningful engagement, you must be willing to engage. But how do you do that? It starts by focusing on your most engaged followers first. Each week, I want you to go through your most recent posts and stories Write down everyone that has commented, liked, DM'd, and responded to your story stickers. Then over the course of the week, prioritize going to their pages and showing love. Not only will this ensure your most engaged followers continue to be engaged, but the more your followers engage with your content, the more Instagram will show your content to more of your followers and even people who don't follow you. And the more reach you'll have, the more engagement you'll have and the more impact it will have on your business. Here's what's possible when coaches focus on creating a truly social brand. Back in May, 2021, I put my money where my mouth is and started over from scratch. I closed my previous Instagram account with over 13,000 followers. 
the account that made my first 50K month possible, the account that landed me multimillionaire clients, the account that helped build and furnish our first home, the account that showed me what was truly possible when you invested in social media and started from scratch. Why? To walk the talk, to practice what I preach, and to show other entrepreneurs exactly how to grow an authentic and profitable brand online. And here's what happened. Fast forward just 10 weeks and I had grown over 10,000 followers, generated over 12% engagement rate, grown my email list to over 2,000 subscribers, received over 500 inquiries to work with me and launched a coaching program that generated over $180,000 in revenue in just 10 weeks. And since the beginning of this journey, my business has generated over half a million dollars in revenue, all because I built a truly social brand a brand that prioritized building community over the collection of followers that focused on genuine connection over sales and provided life-changing value. If you take nothing else away from this episode, know that taking the time to build your social brand, one that has you showing up in a real way to make personal and meaningful connections, is the single most important thing that you can do today to build your coaching business online. Okay, Dallas here, popping in with a quick reminder to go to dallastravers.com slash WTDI. That's WTDI, like what to do instead. Go there and download your free copy of the Companion Digital Magazine. We've turned each guest's talk into an easy-to-follow article. Plus, for every new email subscriber who downloads the magazine before the end of December, I'll donate a dollar to the AFIA Center, which is an incredible reproductive justice organization helping black women and girls achieve true reproductive freedom. So all three guests you hear from on this episode, they have contributed a super fun and very useful freebie for you that you can access inside of the What to Do Instead digital magazine. Carrie created a guide to help you get more clients on Instagram. Easy peasy. Tanya is going to send you 14 LinkedIn prompts to stand out as you stand up for your mission. Totally aligned with Coaches on a Mission here. And then Sophia will teach you the four Instagram stories you should share every single day to get you more results on social. So get the goodies now inside the What to Do Instead digital magazine. It is a companion to all of these special episodes. When you download it, you're showing your support for the AFIA Center. It's totally free to do. So go to dallastravers.com slash WTDI now. My name is Tanya Bhattacharya, and I help social impact-driven coaches, consultants, and service providers stand out as thought leaders on LinkedIn. One outdated practice coaches need to ditch right away is being somewhere at the opposite ends of the spectrum of either not reaching out to anyone at all on LinkedIn or using spammy sales strategies to cold pitch without being in relationship. Let me share why we all need to let this practice go. It doesn't do you any favors as a coach, especially when LinkedIn actually lends itself beautifully to building real relationships with dreamy clients and decision makers who want to buy our services. Before I take you through the steps, let me introduce what you can do instead. You can engage in a thoughtful LinkedIn polls strategy to spark community and eventually sales conversations too. Showing up as a thought leader on LinkedIn means you're already attracting values-aligned people that you want to bring in, but then you've got to build community and relationships as the next step. 
everyone says content is king, but I think conversations are queen, right? That's what builds your community ecosystem. And with a poll strategy, it does not have to feel icky, I promise. Now I'll take you through each step. So when I first launched my LinkedIn content sprint, which is a container where I help coaches batch six months of strategic posts, I used a poll strategy. And so in that poll, during my pre-launch phase, I asked people, what keeps you from batching LinkedIn content for your thought leadership? And the four answers that I included in that poll were A, it's hard to find the time, B, writer's block and not knowing what to say, C, my content might not stay relevant if I batch, and D, my creative process doesn't allow for batching. And so that's a very specific question that's directly rooted in the transformation that's promised inside the offer that I was launching. And the answers I chose for the poll are common issues that come up all the time with my clients and potential clients. So step one is for you to consider what is the problem that you solve and the transformation that you provide. Perhaps for a particular offer you're getting ready to release or just for your overall coaching services. And for the answers, I want you to think of three or four things that stop people from getting there on their own. And then you create a poll about it on LinkedIn. Now, I do want to say in my poll, 60 people voted. I am very consistent with LinkedIn and have been for a few years. And so you might get five or 10 people to vote if you're kind of newer to the platform. And that's okay. Like it still works. And here's the other thing I want to say about LinkedIn polls and why this is so great. I can see how everyone responds, but it's externally confidential, right? So other people can't see how other people vote. They can only see the results in terms of percentages. And that's great if you coach on an issue that is difficult or misunderstood or maybe a little bit stigmatized. And who doesn't really? So for example, one of my clients is a coach for nonprofit executives who have out of control boards of directors. And sometimes her potential clients won't engage in her ongoing normal content because they know that their boards might see it and they're going to get in trouble, but they know they wouldn't be able to see their participation as a voter in a poll. And so I say all that because if you're worried that your poll is too intense or too personal or too spicy or that nobody's going to participate, it doesn't hurt to try it. Anyway, moving on. As the creator of the poll, I can see how people voted. And there's a little message button next to each person's name. It's a circle with a little blue arrow. And that gives me the option to easily send them a DM in one click. And in that message, it automatically also sends along the results of the poll. And this is helpful because it may have been a few days or even a week or longer since that person voted by the time you reach out to them with a message, which is step number two send each person who votes a follow-up message after the poll is complete. But when you're reaching out in that message, you want to send something helpful. You want to show up as a resource based on them taking the time to vote and share something about themselves with you. So in my example, I actually recorded a podcast episode about breaking down the barriers behind batching LinkedIn content based on the poll results. And so in that podcast episode, I provided helpful tips for each of the four barriers contained in the poll. And so that's step number three, to create or to repurpose a helpful resource that will support the individuals who voted in the poll, regardless of what their answer was. And it doesn't have to be a podcast episode. Maybe you don't have a podcast. Do a blog. Or literally, if you want to keep it real simple, just use Loom and just talk. 
just talk for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, sharing tips about the answers that you have included in the poll and your perspectives on those things. Provide value, provide actionable insights, share your unique opinion so that people can get a glimpse of what it would be like to work with you and if they're vibing with what you're sharing. And in that resource, somewhere in that resource, include the information about your offer and a link to sign up for your coaching services. And so back to my example, my podcast episode came out as I officially launched the sprint as cart opened. And so I sent that private message to each person using that little button so that they would remember the poll I was even talking about. And I sent a message that said something like, hey, thanks so much for voting. This is how you voted. I ended up taking the poll results and created a short podcast episode to help you overcome these barriers. Let me know if it would be helpful to send over the link. And so I didn't just send the link immediately, right? To me, that still feels a little icky or a little spammy. Instead, I leaned on permission-based conversation and waited for them to say, yeah, I actually do want that. Thanks. And in my case, about half of them or 30 people said yes. So step number four, the last step is to actually send the people who say yes, that podcast link or whatever helpful resource you want to send that provides additional information about the answer that they selected in your poll. And then of course, it just creates a very natural conversation. You can invite them to reach out with any follow-up questions. You can begin a relationship. And if the timing is right on their end, it will just naturally evolve into a sales conversation. Here's what's possible when coaches use a thoughtful LinkedIn poll strategy alongside their launch or their evergreen coaching offers. By voting in the poll, your potential clients are essentially no longer lurkers. They are raising their hand to say, this is relevant to me and I fit into your equation somehow. Then by saying yes to the podcast link, they're essentially leaning in for more information and support. And because they then listen to the podcast episode or whatever helpful resource you send them, and they're hearing about the ways that I can support them through my sprint, they know that there's a solution available to them in that moment to solve their problem. So how cool is that? If you take nothing else away from this episode, just remember that what you share in that piece, what you share in that conversation, but even what you share in that poll could be the spark that inspires someone to get out of pre-contemplation and into action. And so sending that message, even if they don't sign up for your program, means that you're touching someone's life and inspiring them forward in the area that you're passionate about as a coach. And that is awesome. That is a win no matter what. My name is Sophia Para, and I am a social media strategist and content coach. My focus is relationship-first marketing because most business owners agree that relationship is needed in order to convert clients. So my goal is to identify ways we can create relationships with the content we post. So we're not spending hours on a social media post that doesn't do anything for our business. And so we don't have to have hundreds of thousands of followers in order to get results on social. One outdated practice coaches need to ditch right away is focusing on how many followers you have. It doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Let me share why we all need to let this practice go. This focus is rooted in the belief that the more followers you have, the more clients you have. And you know what? Back in 2013, that might've been the truth, but times have changed. The truth is the more relationships you have, the more clients you have. And your follower count doesn't make it more likely that you can build relationships. 
In fact, algorithm speaking, it actually makes it harder. Weirdly enough, the more followers an account has, the lower your typical engagement ratio is, which is something you may have noticed. Maybe you remembered having 10 likes on every post back when you had 100 followers, and now you feel like you're just getting 20 likes and you have 1,000 followers. The math doesn't quite make sense, does it? This probably is not because your content has gotten worse. It's because that's what tends to happen with the algorithm. And while I'm not saying more followers can't help your business when it is the right time, What I am saying is rushing to grow your following because you think it's going to game change your business can actually be a huge distraction and delay you getting clients off the platform. But if we switch gears and start to focus on relationships, you could start seeing more traction right away, regardless of how many followers you have. Let's actually try something here. I want you to think back to the last time you invested in a coach or service. I'm going to bet you did not invest because of how many followers they had. You invested because of the relationship you had with them. Maybe a friend of yours recommended the service so you felt like you could trust it, or you had followed this person providing the service for years, been to a bunch of their webinars, listened to their podcast, and trusted this person simply because you had been in their world long enough. Or more likely, you wanted to invest after actually speaking to the person, getting your questions answered, and just vibing with them. This differentiation is particularly important for coaches because clients don't just invest in the service we provide. They invest in us as people. We as coaches are actually spending time with our clients. So that relationship piece is particularly important for us to cultivate. And while you can just simply post content and wait to grow your following, and sure, that can lead to clients eventually if they decide to hang with us long enough, it's definitely a long and unpredictable way to convert clients online. So before I take you through the steps, here's what to do instead. I want you to focus on having a minimum of one conversation or interaction a day where you help an ideal client. Now I'm going to take you through each step, but first I should say, I know what you're thinking. That sounds great, Sophia, but how the heck am I going to do that? I post great content all the time that no one even likes. I get it. And usually this is because all you're doing is posting content. So I'm going to break this down in specific strategies and examples so you can try this out. But first, let's get clear on what a helpful interaction or conversation even looks like. Then let's talk about different ideas for creating these conversations so you've always got an idea in your back pocket. Okay, up first, what does this conversation or interaction even look like? This should be a conversation where you actually help someone within the context of what you do. So I'm not talking about a conversation about your favorite peanut butter or the fact that you like dogs. Look, those are easier conversations to have and still have value for different reasons, but that's not what I'm talking about today. For the purposes of this episode, I'm specifically talking about a conversation or an interaction on social aligned with your business. So again, your goal is to have one conversation or interaction a day where you actually help someone in the context of what you do as a coach. In other words, one that has a potential of driving back to something you sell or back to a lead magnet or back to a tip you can offer someone. Why does this matter? Because each of these things can grow your business and take your relationships even further. Now, before we talk about different ways to start these conversations, give yourself a moment and ask yourself this question. If someone were to give me a million dollars or an all expenses paid vacation to anywhere in the world, or the opportunity to achieve whatever goal I want with the snap of my fingers or anything else that would really get you so excited right now. For me, it would be a million dollars, not going to lie. So I'm going to use that as an example. If someone were to give me a million dollars to help one stranger on the internet today, 
how would I help one stranger on the internet today? Now, I'm going to bet no one would just post on social for this conversation, right? No one on social is just going to post and pray that someone that they could help is going to appear out of thin air and they'll have a helpful conversation with them. You'd either post more intentionally in a way that can actually start a conversation, or you'd go out there and find someone to help, whether that means looking in the comment section of a massive audience, right? Who have who of a business with a massive audience that aligns with yours, but they have just too big of an audience to respond to all the questions that they get in the comment section of their posts. Maybe you'd go there, check out the comments and see if questions have been asked that you can answer. You might also go into Facebook groups instead and see where you can contribute because people often will ask questions in niche Facebook groups. My point is you would stop promoting through your content and you would start participating with your content because you know in your heart of hearts that actually helping someone is not passive. It's not a post and ghost kind of thing. It's an action. And most of us do not show up to take action on social, but this is the energy I want you to have when showing up on social. We post to connect. We do not post to post. So now your job is to consider what kind of content can be the beginning of a bigger relationship building strategy. And not every post has to be like this, but at least one a week should be. For example, in the coaching that I do, I call this style of post the connector. And there's a lot of different examples of connectors. And I'm going to share three with you today. So a common strategy that I use, a common connector post that I use is something that I like to call the vote, right? I like to do this at the beginning of the week because it sets me up to create content throughout the week that is in line with what people are interested in. And it gives me lots of opportunities to help people. So here's what that looks like on Monday. I'll give two hot topics that my clients are currently working on. And that is aligned with a course that I'm about to sell or that just feels very relevant to that time of year. So my point here is don't just make these random comments. I mean, you can, if you've got nothing that you're actively promoting or anything like that, but ideally you're giving some thought as to the types of topics that are coming up because you've got a launch on that topic coming up, or it keeps coming up in client calls or whatever it might be. So pick two hot topics that feel relevant for your people today. And I'll ask my audience to vote on which topic they want to learn more about that week. So let's say one option is how to create a collaboration strategy. And the other topic is ways to build relationships with collaborators that make pitching not so awkward. So I'd post that on my Instagram story and I'd say something like, hey friends, or hey you, or hey coach, or whatever feels relevant, right? What do you want to learn more about this week? A, how to create a collaboration strategy, or B, three ways to build relationships with collaborators that make pitching not so awkward. Then of course, I'd use the poll sticker on Instagram stories so that they can interact with the sticker and vote on what they want to learn about. I'd let that vote sit on my story for let's say a few hours. And then after a 24 hour period, I'd go back to the poll to see which topic won and who voted. Now from here, a few things are happening. The first thing that's happening is I've just had people vote on a topic, which means this is something that they're working on. So I'd go into the poll and I DM the people who voted on the topic that did not win. And I might say something like, hi, Jan, thanks so much for voting in the poll. I can see the topic you voted on did not win, but I still want to help you today. So tell me, are you finding it awkward to pitch to collaborators? And then I'd simply start a conversation about what they're struggling with and see if I can offer a tip provide a lead magnet, or invite them to my email list where I plan on sharing a tip in the next few weeks. Boom. One conversation that offered guidance. And depending on how many people voted, I might be able to help a few people that day, reach out to a few people who voted on the topic that did not win. 
Now, the second thing that's happening with a strategy is, like I said, one of the topics have won. So I have clear data on a post I should put out that week. So let's say A, how to create a collaboration strategy won. Perfect. So I'm going to create this post and put it out on Wednesday or whatever day it works for me. Now, when I create this post, I'm going to DM the, the people who voted for it and say, hey, I know you voted for this on Monday, so I wanted to thank you for your vote and also let you know that your topic won, and here are some tips for creating a, a collaboration strategy. Do you find this helpful, or was your question not answered here? Boom, another person is helped, either because their question is answered and they're and they're just jazzed that I listened and cared to act on their request, or because now I've opened up the doors to continue communicating on what they are actually struggling with. They might say, oh gosh, thank you so much. This isn't actually the question that I had. I was actually wondering about this. And now I can offer content to support them. Maybe I have a past post that was on that topic that I can share with them, or I can put it on my list of content that I'm going to share to my email list and invite them to join my email list to get that tip in a few weeks. There's a whole number of ways I can support them and start building that relationship. So that's one way. I like to turn one piece of content into an opportunity to help lots of numbers of people over the weeks in the context of what I do. And like I said, this is something you could do every single week. And now while you grow your following, as new people come into your world, they are met with a content strategy built for conversation, which means even if you grow by one or two people a week, if they also become engaged because you have content designed for that, you are more likely to convert your following this way than if you just focus on how many followers you have. Now, another way to start conversations is through the engagement on your content. So let's say you post a value-packed carousel and you've got some likes on it, but no comments. So for me, let's say I posted a carousel sharing 10 mistakes you're making when it comes to growing your list. And let's say I have a few likes, but no one is really commenting on it. I can actually tag the person who has liked the post inside of the comments. And I can say, hey, Lisa, thanks for stopping by. I'm glad this resonated. It's growing your email as something that you're working on. Boom. I've now opened the doors again to helping someone that day because now they can reply with more specifics on something they're struggling with, or they can just say, yeah, it's something I'm struggling with. And you know what? Thanks so much for this, this post. It really helped me. Now, in a few weeks, maybe I'm doing a webinar that would help someone growing their email list. I can remember Lisa said this was something she was working on, and I can send her a DM and say, hey, Lisa, remember when you told me that you were struggling to grow your email list a few weeks ago? I've actually got a webinar that I'm hosting, and it's really going to help with this. Would you like the link to join me? Right? Again, we are now creating a culture of engagement so that we can continue to build relationships that drive traffic and create context around what we do and how we can help people. And again, if you do not want to comment on them, like tag them in the comments and you want to DM them instead, do that, right? The, the, it doesn't matter how you do it. The point is that you're making a connection and opening the doors to more support. Another easy way to start a conversation is to put a date on your calendar. Maybe it's once a week or once a month to look at the people who have downloaded your lead magnet. Now, when people download my lead magnets, I like to have an option on the form. They don't have to submit this, but if they'd like to, there's an option to ask for their Instagram handle. And the reason that I do that is, is after they've downloaded my lead magnet, I can then look them up on social and send them a DM saying something like, usually it's a week after they've had it at least, right? Hi, Teresa. I saw that you downloaded my 12 strategies to get your next client on social. Have you had a chance to look through it yet? I'm here to answer any questions that you've got. And boom, 
Now you've opened the doors to another conversation that you've started to make it more likely that they can actually look at your lead magnet, right? Because a lot of people download these, download these lead magnets and never even look at them. But also it gives you an opportunity to actually have a conversation with them and support them in a deeper way. Now, if you cannot find these people on social, let's say they downloaded a lead magnet and they didn't give you your handle and you tried to find them on social, but you just couldn't find them. Another thought is to simply email them with the same message. You can start conversations and make connections absolutely anywhere. The point is just that you do it. Here's what's possible when coaches use connectors in their content. It makes it possible to have way more conversations every day, which leads to growing your list, creating rockstar fans, and positioning yourself as the go-to coach for someone. My client who does this primarily to grow her email list says she converts 80% of the people she speaks to. And she does it through something I call a welcome strategy, which is another form of a connector, but I didn't talk about it today. But essentially, the welcome strategy is about welcoming new people to your page and asking them in a multiple choice format what they're struggling with. And once they let her know, she has a lead magnet that can help them. So she shares the link with them, right? So essentially, it's like, what on this list are you struggling with? They let her know. And then she's like, oh, cool. I've got something to help. Here's the link to snag it. It's completely free. Like, let me know how it works or whatever it might be. So again, for the case of this client, 80% of people who follow her end up joining her list because she is creating a culture for engagement. And again, this is because she's not being passive on the platform. She's using the platform like her shop. If people are walking in, she is going to greet them and she's asking them, how can I support you today? Now, for me, when I do this, I typically convert from a sales perspective at about 60%. So that means every 10 conversations I have, I can get six new members into a membership, which again is a low cost offer, right? So these are just my numbers for that lower cost offer. And my numbers for a higher cost offer are a little bit different. But my point is, once you know your numbers, you can do the math and predict the time you want to spend and the ROI that is possible. And don't forget, this one effort can help you drive traffic to a whole slew of things. An email list, a discovery call, an evergreen webinar, a live launch webinar, a tip that just keeps them in your world, a sale. The possibilities are just about endless. You just need to come to social with the intention of connecting. Be open to making the first move and also be open to the fact that you won't get a response from everyone and that's okay too. When you do not show up to social this way, your content is being seen by one to 3% of your following and you're essentially wasting your time because often the one to 3% is the same people again and again and again, because that's just how the algorithm works. So this strategy also ensures that you're creating traction on your content and you're connecting with new people and broadening your reach. Because again, that's how you leverage the algorithm. If you take nothing else away from this episode, I want you to know this. We often hear that content is king, but that is so false. Relationship is king. If you're spending hours on a post, but five minutes responding to comments, you are literally doing it wrong. So even if you don't want to stick to one conversation a day, that's cool. You do you. But consider other ways you can be building relationships and having conversations because people don't buy from strangers on the internet. And that is just a fact. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're new to Coaches on a Mission, please take a moment to like, subscribe, follow, do all the things so that you don't miss another episode. This small act of support actually helps us get this important what to do instead message into more earbuds of values-driven coaches just like you. So speaking of that, if you know a values-driven coach who could benefit from this episode, this show, or definitely this series, please share this episode with them now. And don't forget to download your companion What to Do Instead magazine now at dallastravers.com slash WTDI. We will see you soon for another excellent episode.